All right, guys, we are back. And uh, I had started recording some stuff out of the 1611 King James Bible. Uh, but I'll just put this one line in here. Uh, it just says, because I had mentioned this in a previous past uh podcast it says uh, I'm just picking it in I'm not trying to point fingers but it just says he meaneth certain of his this is in the translators to the reader in the 1611 authorized King James it says he meaneth certain of his own side were in such a humor of translating the scriptures into Latin that Satan took occasion by them though though they thought of no such matter did strive what he could out of so uncertainty and manifold a variety of translations so to mingle all things that nothing might seem to be left certain and firm in them. So anyway, I'll, if y'all want to read that further, you can do that on your own. Uh, all right, so 1537 Matthew's Bible, uh, Isaiah chapter 5, I just... I'm going to try and read that, and, uh, well, I'm going to read that, and I might flip over into wisdom. There was a couple chapters in the Apocrypha that seemed to kind of catch my eye. Uh, All right, so Isaiah uh, chapter 5, it says, Of Christ and his vineyard, this is the intro, with the exhortation of covetousness and of drunkenness. It says, now, well then, I will sing my beloved friend a song. Let me grab my magnifier. Of his vineyard. My beloved friend, my beloved friend, my beloved friend hath a vineyard and a very fruitful, plenteous ground. This he hedged, this he walled round about and planted it with godly grapes, goodly grapes. And the midst of it, Builded he a tower and made a winepress therein. And it says, The winepress. By the winepress, understandeth St. Austin that ministration, the ministration of the word of God in the church, that's the winepress. And afterward, when he looked that it should bring him grapes, it brought forth thorns. I show you now my cause. O ye citizens of Jerusalem and whole Judah, judge, I pray you, between me and my vineyard, that more could have been done for it that I have not done. Wherefore then hath it given thorns where I looked to have had grapes of it? Well, I shall tell you how I will do with my vineyard. I will take the hedge from it, and there's a note, it says, by the hedge and wall is figured the custody of angels, wherewith the people of God, which is called the vineyard of the Lord, was compassed about and defended, that it mayeth perish and break down the wall, that it may be trodden underfoot. I will lay it waste, that it shall neither be twisted nor cut, but bear thorns and briars. I will also forbid the clouds that they shall not rain upon it. As for the vineyard of the Lord of hosts, it is the house of Israel. 
and whole Judah, his fair planting. Of these he looked for equity, but see there is wrong. For righteousness, lo, it is but misery. Woe be unto you that join one house to another and bring one land so nigh unto another till you can get no more ground. Will you dwell upon the earth alone? The Lord of hosts roundeth me thus in my ear. Shall not many greater and more gorgeous houses be so waste that no man shall dwell in them? And and ten acres of vines shall give but a quarter, and thirty bushels of seed shall give but three. Woe be unto them that rise up early to use themselves in drunkenness, and yet at night are most superfluous super super with wine. And those companies are harps and lutes, tabits and pipes and wine. And I'm thinking of the people that are trying to spread the word, spread the gospel all over the world. This is my personal input. This is just what I think. You know, we got the televangelists and all these people. We got to get the word word out to, you know, the three angels message and all this. So that's what I think of when I read through this. But continuing, it says, but they regard not the work of the Lord and consider not the operation of his hands. Therefore, therefore cometh my folk also in captivity because they have no understanding. Their glory shall be mixed with hunger and their pride shall be marred for thirst. Therefore gapeth hell and openeth her mouth marvelously wide that pride, boasting, and wisdom with such as rejoice therein may descend into it. Thus shall man have a fall He shall be brought low, and the high looks of the proud laid down. But the Lord of hosts, that holy God, shall be exalted and untouched when he shall declare his equity and righteousness after this manner. Then shall the lambs eat their appointed fodder, fodder, I'm sorry, and shall feed plenteously in the mountains. Woe be unto vain persons that draw wickedness unto them as it were with a cord, a sin as it were with a cart rope, which used to speak on this manner. Let him haste now, let him haste now, I'm sorry, and go forth with his work that we may see it. Let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel come and draw near that we may know it. Woe be unto them that call evil good and good evil, which make darkness light and light darkness that make sour sweet and sweets sour. Woe be unto them that are wise in their own sight and think themselves to have understanding. Woe be unto them that are conning men to sup out wine and expert to set up drunkenness. These give sentence with the ungodly for rewards, but condemned the just cause of the righteous. Therefore, like as fire licketh up the straw, and is the flame, and as the flame consumeth the stubble, even so, when their root is full, their blossom shall vanish away, like dust or smoke. 
for they despise the law of the Lord of hosts and blaspheme the word of the holy maker of Israel. I put a side note here. This is my own note when I read through this uh, earlier. I put, they celebrate a dead man and glorify his death instead of his power, the Holy Ghost. Anyway, it says, Therefore is the wrath of the Lord kindled also against his people, and he shaketh his hand at them. And there's a note. It says, To shake or stretch forth his hand at them is to, pro- is to provide and make ready to strike them and grievous, grievously to punish them for their sins as after in the 14th chapter G. Okay. I'm going to continue this. It says, If he stretch forth his hand, who will withdraw it again? So let's go and see what 14, Isaiah 14 G. This is a reference within the reference. So, uh, so let's go to Isaiah 14 G. It's the last part of the, 14 it says and he and if he stretch forth his hand who will hold it again the same year that king ahaz died god threatened by isaiah on this manner rejoice not thou whose thou whole palestina as though the rod of him that beateth thee were broken for out of the serpent's root there shall wax a cockatrice and the fruit shall be a fire, fireworm. But the poor shall feed of the best things, and the simple shall dwell in safety. The, thy roots will I destroy with hunger, and it shall slain the remnant, thy remnant. Mourn, you ports, weep, you cities, and fear thou O whole Palestina, for there shall come from the north a smoke whose power no man may abide. Who shall then maintain the messenger of the Gentiles? But the Lord establishes Sion, and the poor of my people shall be put their trust in him. Okay. And let's come on back. Where, where are we? Okay, he shaketh his hand at them. Yeah. He shall smite so that the hills shall tremble and their carcass, carcasses shall lie in the open streets like mirror. After all this, the wrath of God shall not cease, but he shall stretch his hand wider and he shall give a token unto a strange people and call unto them in a far country. And behold, they shall have hastily with speed. They shall come hastily with speed. There is not one saint nor feeble among them. No, not a sluggish nor slippery person. Slippery person. There shall not one of them put off the girdle from his loins, nor loose their latchet of his shoe. Their arrows are sharp and their bows bent. Their horse hoofs are like flint, and their cartwheels like a stormy wind. Their cry is as it were a lion and the roaring of them like lion's whelps. They shall roar and hatch, hatch up the prayer, the prey, and no man shall recover it or get it from them. And that day they shall be so 
fierce upon them as the sea. And if we look unto the land, behold, it shall be all darkness and sorrow. If we look to heaven, behold, it shall be dark with careful desperation. Okay, that's Isaiah chapter 5. Let me come over to Book of Wisdom. Just for some reason, chapter 7 and chapter 8 kind of... Let me see if I can kind of read through. There's no references through these, so I'm, I might just be able to read chapter... I'm sorry, eight, 17 and 18. Let's see how we do on time. So this is in the Apocrypha, the 1537 Matthew's Bible in the book of wisdom chapter 17 the title it says the judgments of god upon the egyptians and the egyptians that's is to me the egyptians are just it's anybody that's in bondage it's people that it's all of us the whole world that's my interpretation uh, anyway uh, it says great are thy judgments o lord and thy counsels cannot be expressed therefore Men do error that will not be reformed with, with thy wisdom. For when the unrighteous thought to have thy holy people in subjection, they were bound with the hands, the bands of darkness, a long night, shut up, shut under the roof, thinking to escape the everlasting wisdom. And while they thought to be hid in the darkness of their sins, they were scattered abroad in the very midst of the dark covering of forgetfulness but to horrible fear and wonderfully vexed for the corner where they might not keep them from fear because because they found because the sound came down and vexed them yeah many terrible and strange visions made them afraid no power of the fire might give them light neither might the clear flames of the stars lighten the horrible night, for there appeared unto them a sudden fire, very dreadful, and at which, when they saw nothing, they were so afraid that they thought the thing which they saw to be the mo more fearful, as for the sorcery and, and enchantment that they used, it came to derision. And the proud wisdom was brought to shame. For they that promised to drive away the fearless, fearfulness and dread from the weak souls were sick for fear themselves, and that with scorn. And though none of the wonders searched them, yet were they afraid at the beast which came upon them, and at the hissing of the serpents, and so much that with trembling they sorrowed and said they saw not the air, which no man yet may escape. For it is a heavy thing when a man's own conscience beareth record of his wickedness and condemneth him. And why? A vexed and wonderful conscience taketh ever cruel things in hand. Fearfulness is nothing else but a declaring that a man seeketh help and defense to answer for himself. And look how much less the hope is within. The more is the uncertainty of the matter for the which he is punished. But they that came in the mighty night slept the sleep 
that fell upon them from under and from above. Sometimes were they afraid through the fear of the, of the wonders. And sometimes they were so weak that they saw that they frowned with all. For in hasty and sudden fearfulness came upon them. Afterward, if any of them had fallen, he was kept and shut in prison, but without chains. But if any dwelt in a village, if he had been a herd or husbandman, he suffered intolerable, intolerable necessity. For they were all bound with one chain of darkness, whether it were a blazing wind or a sweet song of the birds among the thick branches of the trees or the vehemence of hasty running water or great noise of the falling down of stones or the playing and running of beasts whom they saw not or the mighty noise of roaring beast, or the sound that answereth again in the high mountains. It may be them, it may be then mm, someone for very feared, for very fear, I'm sorry. For all the earth shined with clear light, and no man was hindered in his labor. Only upon them there fell a heavy night, an image of darkness that was to come upon them. Yeah, they were unto themselves the most heavy and horrible darkness. All right, that was chapter 17. And you have to bear with me. Some of the translators, when they have written this, it's in the Gothic, or I called it Old English. It's, 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 kinda, it's pretty easy to read. It's just sometimes in different books, the different translators. This one's a little tougher to read, even though it looks pretty clear-cut. Um, just some of the words are just a little bit different. Okay, so this is chapter 18 of Book of Wisdom. It, in the intro, it says, let me get my magnifier. It says, the firelight that they, that, see, like right here, it says, the firelight that they Israelites had in Egypt, the persecution of the faithful, the Lord smote all the firstborn of Egypt, the sin of the people, in the wilderness, Aaron stood between the live and the dead with his censer. Okay, so it says, Nevertheless, thy saints had a very great light. The light is Jesus Christ. And the enemies heard their, their voice, but they saw not the figure of them. And because they suffered not the same things, they magnified thee. And they that were vexed the sore, because they were not hurt now, thank thee, and besought thee, O God, that there might be a difference. Therefore had they a burning pillar of fire to lead them in the unknown way, and thou gavest them the sun for a free gift without any hurt. Reason it was that they should want light and be put in the prison of darkness, which kept the children in captivity, by whom the uncorrupt light of the law of the world was for to be given. When they thought to slay the babes of the righteous, one being laid out and preserved to be leader unto the other, thou broughtest out the whole multitude of the children and destroyest these in the mighty water. 
of that night where our Father certified afore that they, knowing unto what oaths they had given credence, might be of good cheer. Thus thy people received the health of the righteous, but the ungodly were destroyed. For like as thou hast hurt our enemies, so hast thou promoted us whom thou callest afore. For the righteous children of the good men offered secretly and ordered the law of righteousness unto unity, that the just should receive good and evil in like manner, singing praises unto the Father of all men. Again, there was heard an unconvenient voice of the enemies and a piteous cry for children that were bewailed. The master and the servant were punished in like manner, for they altogether had innumerable that did that died one death. Neither were the living sufficient to bury the dead, for in the twinkling of an eye, the noblest nation of them was destroyed. As oft as God helped them afore, yet would it not make them believe. But in the destruction of the firstborn, they acknowledged that it was the people of God. For while all things were still, and when the night was in the midst of her course, the Almighty Word, O Lord, leapt down from heaven out of thy royal throne as a rough man of war in the midst of the land that was destroyed. And the sharp sword performed their straight commandments, standing and filling all things with death. Yet it stood upon the earth and reached unto the heaven. Then the sight of the evil dreams vexed them suddenly, and fearfulness came upon them unawares. Then laid there then lay there one hmm, hex or heart hex, another there half dead, half quick, and showed the cause of the, his death. For the visions that vexed them showed them these things afore, so that they were not ignorant, wherefore they perished. The temptation of death touched the righteous also, and among the multitude of the wilderness there was insurrection, but thy wrath endured not long, for the faultless man went in all the haste and took the battle upon him, brought forth the weapon of his ministration, even prayer and the censors of reconciling, set himself against the wrath, and, and so brought the misery to an end, declaring thereby that he was this, thy servant, for he overcame not the multitude with boldly power, nor the weapons of might, but with the word. He subdued him that, that vexed him, putting thee in remembrance of the oath and covenant made unto the fathers. For when the dead were fallen down by heaps, one upon another, he stood in the midst, pacified, pacified the wrath, and parted the way unto the living. And why? In his long garment was all the beauty, and in the four rows of the stones was the glory of the Father's gra graven. And thy majesty was written on the crown of his head. Unto these the destroyer gave place, and was afraid of them, for it was only a temptation worthy of wrath.
And sometimes when you read the Bible, you have to realize, too, uh, that was the end of the 18th chapter of wisdom. But there, there's two realms, you know. I, this is just stuff I've been learning, but there's two realms. You know, there's this world of death. Like, we're like the walking dead. <laughs> uh, just living our lives and just going to the grave, and that's it. And um, But there's two realms. There's the spiritual realm, and then there's the world worldly realm, the things that we see in here, and um, the spiritual realm. So when you read through or listen um, to Scripture, you have to be aware of that. You know, we can't comprehend uh, some of the things that are written in the Scripture. Because, anyway, I just hope that this has given you better insight into Scripture. and uh, Hopes it helped. Hope Hopefully it'll help you with your journey. It's helping me, and I'm learning as I go, too, and that's why I'm posting these podcasts. It's Like I said, I'm not doing this to make any money. I'm just, when I read something, it's <laughs> I wind up in here uh, in the living room recording this podcast on my iPhone. So I hope you enjoy it.